And welcome to Transforming Relationship with Emotional Savvy. Today I have a friend as well as a colleague joining me as my guest, Dr. Terry Levine. And we're going to talk about her brand new book. It's called About to Break the Path to True Forgiveness. So you're going to want to listen to this. There's lots of people talking about forgiveness, but let's listen to here's Dr. Terry Levine's special take on this issue. Welcome to Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. If you're ready to increase your confidence in conversations and conflict, deepen your self-awareness, expand your connectedness, and enrich your relationship with yourself and other humans you care about, and even those you wish you didn't, you're in the right place. Enjoy today's episode. Well, this is an exciting episode, and I am so delighted to um, to welcome you to the show, Terry. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, of course, we've been friends for years. I mean, I mean, really, a lot of years. <laughs> so, um, it's always fun to talk about the newest and most exciting thing which is always the thing that we've just created and we have the most juice around so we're going to be talking about your book about to break the path to true forgiveness so of course the first thing that happened for me when i read that i thought is there such a thing as untrue forgiveness so let's talk about that oh you're the first person to ask that question it's a great question I think there is untrue forgiveness because in my life, I used to say I forgave people, events, circumstances, things, or myself or something. And I still found I didn't. I held guilt, shame, remorse, anger, sadness, fear. And it was like the forgive and forget, although there was no forget. And all of those feelings were still running, even if I said or thought that I forgave. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely, it does. And I think that you just said a really key phrase. So let's drive down on that, that we thought we forgot. Can we ever really forget? I don't believe we can. So in the book, I talk about certain circumstances that happened to me. They're not forgotten. They're inside of me, either consciously or unconsciously. And I've learned to embrace them and to take them in and to say, oh, okay, I love those circumstances, I love those events, I'm not gonna forget them. And maybe in the at the time they happened, they didn't feel quite right yet. And now I understand how to actually forgive and to allow them and to live my life with peace and harmony. Right, do you have a little calibration technique for people so they could kind of figure out, have I actually forgiven or have I not? Or am I still brooding or resenting or in pain? The best way that I did this, and I did it for the hundred people that I took through the process before I wrote the book, was I literally had people journal. And I said, do it in blocks of 10-year blocks, ages zero to 10, 10 to 20, et cetera. What happened in your life? What happened that was upsetting, that was traumatic? What did you do? What did other people do? What experiences happened? 
what health wealth challenges showed up and or whatever it might be and just to journal all of those and what happened for the hundred people I took through it Roberta is as they look through their journals they went I still could go back and write more and more I said good keep writing and writing and writing because we've got to get it out in order to allow forgiveness Right. Well, I th the journaling process is a great one, and many people are kind of resistant to that. Do you have any tips for people to get a little more comfortable with the process? There's so many different ways to journal, and I recommend that you find which way feels really good for you. Yes, you could write in a book or a notebook. The other way you can do it is you can draw. If you're creative, lots of my client family members just okay. like to draw. Some people like to keyboard. That's fine, too. I personally like to, I'm very vocal, <laughs> as you know, I like to talk. And so I literally just turn on a recorder on my computer or on my phone, and I talk about the things that are up for me. And so that's my journal. And one of my client family members does like a video journal. So find which way feels really easy, effortless, joyful, and fun for you. Yes, all good tips, because often when I'm working with my clients and I ask them to journal, I see the same things. But sometimes when we hear that word, we think, oh, I've got to have a book and I've got to carry the book with me and I've got to sit down for hours. And I think it's really important for us to share with everyone that you can journal in the moment. Like many times I'll invite my clients to put it in no, in a special place on notes on their phone. So when something just comes into their mind, there it is. They can they can add it to it. That's a brilliant idea, by the way. I love that idea. And and it's not like you have to do the whole process at once. Oh, I have to sit here for hours. No. Uh, when I even started the book, I said, well, what could I remember from zero to 10? And I wrote down some things. And three or four days later, I went back to it. And so this is a process. There's no need to rush this. Mm -hmm. And you said that they could go back and revisit things when they found that they still had lingering uh, residual emotions. How does writing it down allow them to free themselves from those emotions? So there's a, a process to the path of what I call true forgiveness. And the first step really is becoming aware of it. So when it's journaled, however you choose to do that, you can go back and you can sit with it and you can say, what exactly about that have I not forgiven? Am I angry with another person? Am I angry that I got sick? Am I angry that a family member was suddenly taken from my life? Am I angry at myself because I did something that I didn't feel good about? So you can start to ask yourself questions. And as you, these things come up and as you say, oh, I feel shame or guilt or anger, you can begin to detach from it by saying, is it happening right here, right now? I mean, look around. Is that person or experience right here? And if they aren't, you can make a choice to breathe it out and let it go because all it's doing is draining your health, your wealth, and your joy out of life. So it becomes a conscious, present choice. Well, that's interesting because when people ask me about forgiveness, I tell them it's an inside job you do for yourself to get rid of people encroaching or events encroaching on your mental and emotional real estate. I love that. <laughs> so, you know, when you can do the work and write it out, talk it out, get it out, you can begin to see the ever increasing levels that might be in there and then know what to do with it. So 
I'm sure you have great things to say about what to do with it. I mean, how does a person, after they've recalled an incident for, particularly, say, all right, I have these feelings. What's the first step? What should they do? So I use a real life experience. I do talk about it in the book. Uh, several years back, I had someone in my life that um, had a hijackal personality, to use your term, which I love and that I've learned. And I reacted to that personality in a way that I've never reacted before. I was angry. I actually went to social media and shared my anger. And this is not the way I behave. And it was so out of alignment. I felt completely out of control and very, very hopeless. So I was angry at myself afterwards going, what did I do? I felt guilt, shame, resentment, really embarrassed to like even go in public, like look what I did. I realized as I was writing this book, I hadn't fully forgiven myself. So I went through the process of looking at what did I do? What did the hijackal do? We actually had a meeting of the minds. We spoke he forgave me, I forgave him. And I said, it's not about that for me. I said this to myself, it's about me forgiving me. And so I sat down and I literally started to just go back to the emotions that I was feeling. And I kept asking myself, does that emotion enhance my life? Or does that emotion drain my life? And every time I picked a draining one, I just literally wrote it down on a scrap of paper on an index card. So every time I'd start to revisit that quote episode, I'd look at my little card and go, that's not serving me. So I tell my brain kind of shush up on that. I am choosing peace. I am choosing a different emotion. And the secret here is to become conscious and not let the emotions run you. You get to choose your emotional state. Yes, and for many people, that's an aha moment to actually realize that you can refocus. You can take yourself in another direction. You can see a different scene. You can say, I prefer to be looking over here. And there's a distinction, of course. It's not denial. It's not saying this didn't happen. It's saying, I've done the work with this piece, and now when it comes up, I choose to shift my focus in the direction I wish to go. Exactly. You say that so beautifully. Your languaging is, of course, it's always perfect. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, Terry, but it's nice to hear. But I think it's important for us to really share with folks the, the things that might be on their minds, which is, okay, this forgiveness business, I hear about it all the time. And yet I have this burning every time I think about a particular experience. So I guess I chose that word wisely because in, in the second chapter of your book, you talk about an experience of that. So would you like to share that story and let people understand how very personal your book is? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, this was it's actually the most challenging book of the 44 that I've written. <laughs> this took me three years. I rewrote it 16 times mm -hmm. because I was so worried about being this transparent. And then I realized my stories would help others. So when I was about five years old, um, we were going to move from kindergarten to a new school for first grade. And they were building the school. And the school was almost complete. And the school was directly across from where I lived. So... A bunch of us kids walked over to the school where uh, 
eventually there'd be a playground and the construction workers had left behind a big giant box and we're little kids got in the box we pretended we were camping and it was a cave and then we heard other kids coming so we pretended they were bears and all of a sudden we heard these kids yell out kill the jews and the box was instantly in flames the entire box I was very tiny as a child and all the other kids scrambled out of the box and I was stuck in the box. And it took me several moments to get out. By the time I got out, literally my lungs were filled. I could hardly breathe. And I remember glancing back and the entire box was engulfed in flames. And I went running home the entire way. And it was the first time in my life that I couldn't understand human beings and human behavior. And I wasn't sure how do you forgive people who just attempted literally to kill you because you're a particular religious persuasion. It was very confusing for a five-year-old. Absolutely. And I'm sure the five-year-old brain wasn't even thinking, how do I forgive this? They were thinking, what happened? Why don't people like me? Because we always have to think about this. And you know, I talk about this a lot about hijackles, Terry, is that we have to remember that things go into our brain at the level of brain development. And we're, we're not these people we are as adults, the brains that we have. So as a little person, five years old, you don't have much parietal and prefrontal lobe development compared to what you're going to have. So you think kind of you cause everything. So that must have been a frightening experience. Like, how did, how did we make this happen? We were just playing. I, I actually, when I started to write the book and, and kind of revisited this, it was interesting because first I thought, oh, that's so many years ago. It's no big deal. <laughs> I started to write it and emotions were pouring out of me, pouring out of me. And I remembered I was terrorized as a child. I was afraid to go back to school. Are they going to try to kill me when I go to school and enter first grade? Should I play on the playground? Should I walk home? And then I also had this. What did I do to cause this? Right. There's all kinds of emotions. And I not only had to forgive these boys for just not having enough wisdom to understand and to love humanity, I had to forgive myself for literally being in a circumstance that was not my fault because I blamed myself into adulthood unconsciously and being unaware of that. Yes, and you brought up an important thing because that child brain kicked in when you were much older and said, how did I cause that? And that was, that's a stuck point, as you're pointing out. And then your adult self had to, oh, okay, let me look at it fully. You know, uh, many times when I'm working with my clients, as I say, one of the things that I help you do is to get up into the bleachers and look down on the game as opposed to being the person on the field. And that's what I hear you describing here is, okay, as an older person now reliving that story, you still got the feelings in your gut, but your head immediately went to, what did I do to cause that? Because it got trapped there. So it was such a, an important story. So as you debriefed this, and I'm sure you may have heard the word forgiveness when you were five, but that was a church word and maybe that didn't have a lot of meaning except supposed to. (laughs) So this is quite an amazing adventure. So what were your first steps when you realized that, 
okay, I have a belief that I caused it. And of course, as an adult, you know, you didn't do anything. You were a little child playing in a box, pretending you were camping in a cave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the first thing I did is I literally just got present, kind of open and curious and said, what do I recall about the experience? Let me bring it in, like in Technicolor, Dolby surround sound, what do I recall? And what I really was realizing I recalled more than anything was the joy and the fun of a bunch of kids playing. I remember the names of some of the kids that I was playing with and I remember how much fun we were having. So I started there instead of starting with the terrorized feelings that I had. And as I brought up those feelings, I said, and what did little Terry do? And that's how I talked to myself. What did little five-year-old Terry do? Well, she was playing in a box having fun with friends. And then I kept saying, is that bad? Is that wrong? No. Was that a, a normal thing for a five-year? Yes. Was that being created? And I kept praising myself and finding I did nothing wrong. All of a sudden it dawned on me, I did nothing wrong. And then I just kept releasing the feelings. I kept saying, oh, nothing is wrong. Nothing is wrong. And within maybe, I don't know, Roberta, 15 minutes, I didn't have emotion tied to it that was anything but joy. And it shocked me that I could release it so quickly. Wow. And that that's important stuff to realize that when you actually purposefully, consciously sit down to do something good for yourself, which many of us don't, <laughs> that it only took a very short time for you to be able to take something that had been lingering on the edges of your emotional self for years. And I think most of us don't take time, as you said, to do this. And somehow we think, well, I'll just put it here and forget about it. Well, we, it's not gone. It's still running in you until whatever time it is, you make a choice to feel the emotions, be in them, and then consciously let them go and consciously release them. Yes. And, you know, there's all kinds of opportunities for blame. You talked about blaming yourself. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time and those kids didn't like me and all kinds of internal dialogue. But in actual fact, as you came back, you realized that it's cultural, it's ancient, it's, it's um, so many things that had nothing to do with little Terry, you know, just nothing and wrong place, wrong time, wrong people, wrong box. <laughs> All of that, all of that. <laughs> and that's such a big release. So as someone's listening to it, they may think, oh, big deal. When I had that release, I literally, within the next five hours, remember walking around the place where I was at a beach thinking, I feel so much freer. I feel so much different. What's different? What's different? And I realized this thing that I didn't even know was running me wasn't running me anymore. I was in charge of my emotions. Right. And that's very lightening, isn't it? I mean, it's like, oh, you just got a big chunk of energy back for your use because that energy was running that old program. Exactly. And such a wonderful thing. Now we're talking about Terry's book about to break the path to true forgiveness. And we're talking about Terry's story, if you've just joined us, about one of the incidents in her life that she talks about in the book. And you said something that I want to read in the book. He said, I believe everyone I meet and experience I have are there for a reason and every human is connected through us, through our DNA. 
So RDNA, what are you thinking when you wrote that? I really have come to believe a million percent <laughs> that all of us are one. We are all incredibly interconnected. We share pieces of the same DNA. I really believe that. So there are no new thoughts. There are no new beliefs. There's no new anything. It's all been here. It all runs within all of us, regardless of our size, our shape, our political, cultural beliefs, doesn't really matter. And I really believe we're all one and that we're here on the planet in a human physical form having experience. And while you might not have the same experience of saying, wow, somebody tried to burn me in a box, you have some other experience that's still tied and related. So we are all united in how we think and how we feel in our emotions, how we breathe. And that's what I refer to in that piece. I love that because, you know, whether you were burned in a box or you've been persecuted because of your culture or you were traumatized, you had sexual abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, and it was a repeating pattern. The moment that we wake up and say, I guess I feel like I'm about to break, that's often the moment, isn't it? That says, I got to do something. It would be really good for me to do something. And that that's a very powerful thing because, you know, I know, you know, you work with thousands and thousands of people to help them build their businesses, build their lives in so many ways. And you've you know, like 44 books, folks, come on. <laughs> Terry's made an incredible contribution to the literature of life. Um, so when when you say these things terry i hope everybody sits up and takes notice because this is vast experience and terry's book can shortcut your journey and that's really what we're talking about and i'm so thankful that you wrote this terry thank you for doing that it, i'll say one thing about the the writing of this book when i first wrote it you know i redid it 16 times as i said I was actually afraid to put it out there. I thought, mm -hmm. I'm not going to share this. It's so transparent. It's so revealing and have somewhat of a public persona. What will people think? And I, I took a hundred clients through the process. They all said, you have to publish this. You have to, this has helped me. This has helped us. And I went to my publisher and I said, I, I don't think I want to publish the book. And he said, can I just read it? I said, okay. And he called me the next day and he said, I cried through your book. And then I started doing the processes. Please publish the book because it's your gift. It's your legacy project. It will help humanity. It's so transformative. And that's when I said, I'm not going to care about my own ego. I'm going to release the book as a way to help other people with transformation, not any more information or fascination. There's enough of all that. I really believe the book will transform more lives. And I agree with him. <laughs> I really do. You know, I I do a lot of with my two podcasts and YouTube. And a woman wrote to me the other day, and I had told a little story, a, a short story, not a little story, a short <laughs> story about how when I was sexually abused as a child of nine, that when I told my parents, they didn't believe me. Mm. And I just told it during a podcast when I was, you know, giving an example of something. And she wrote and said, oh, I'm 
so glad to read that because that was my experience and I didn't know what to do with it and then you told me what you did with it and then I could deal with it so I really hear that and what you're talking about I mean why I write about hijackles hijackle mother hijackle father hijackle first husband hey been there done that have the ugly video and the nasty t-shirt you know <laughs> so I think that when we are transparent, to use your word, when we are willing to say, I'm not doing this because of my ego, I am doing this because of my journey, that I want to share the possibilities that can allow someone else to be free from that negative energy. And that's what your story was about, isn't it? It's 100% what it is, 100%. And I've just like released any concern or ego around it and said, I'm here to serve others with this book. And I really know that it will serve others. And you do that in huge ways, Terry. So I have a question for you that may surprise you. I want to know if you've forgiven the wielder of Mr. Belt. <laughs> I love that. I really believe I have forgiven, period. I really mean this. I really mean this. Regardless of what comes up, who, what, where, when, why, I can instantaneously just release and let go and forgive. And I could not do that before. I, my husband, I mentioned this in the book, he used to refer to me as the queen of grudges. Ooh, not a title I'd like to own anymore. I literally release instantaneously. I just choose peace in every moment mm -hmm. and you know that's so easy to say you know it's so easy to write down in a sentence and when someone who's been through it you know you've written the book um, I've written 16 so you know I know the process when you write it down it just sounds like it was sort of effortless <laughs> um, and I I hope that everyone who's listening is getting the idea of it's a process and it doesn't have to be done in an instant. But if you want to feel free and no longer burdened by things that are programs, malware running in the background of your own computing system, you need some processes. You need some software, if you will, that allows those things to come into the light of day and then be taken away. And this book, About to Break, is one of those processes. And I'm so glad that you did it. So one other question. Okay, <clears throat> you've, you've said you've forgiven everything. Um, and I delighted to hear that that's true but some of us have been through issues with parents parents that you know I think that we need to always remember that our parents were having a life too they were in their time they were doing what other parents were doing or reading what other parents were doing. not all of them some of them are hijackals <laughs> but generally they were doing what they thought was the appropriate thing and as we get older and we realize that was awful like mr belt you know we don't we don't want mr belt in anybody's life ever again but when we were young 
that was accepted practice. So when we're holding on to things, let's think about context of time and culture and ideas and practices, because sometimes we're holding on to things that don't make any sense in the light of day when you start journaling the process, you know. And I was thinking about your story about not eating your mother's food. Yes. <laughs> right? Like, what mother does want to have her food rejected by a child? Like, hmm, no. <laughs> What's wrong with you? But, you know, it's an opportunity for us now as adults to look at it and say, hey, I have a choice here, as you said so wisely earlier. So I'm just delighted that you were my guest. Thank you so much for being here. It's an honor to be with you. I hope everyone will go to uh, a special link, you know, certainly go to Terry's website, um, heartrepreneur.com and learn all about the fabulous things she does in the world. But she has a special place for us to go. And that is a special link so that you can get the book and get a whole lot extra just for using this particular link. And that link is about to break book.com it'll be in the show notes so don't worry if you're driving you don't have to remember about to break book.com and you want to do that so that when you get a copy of terry's book you can also have all of these extra things as a gift from terry so as i do with everyone what is a piece of emotional savvy that you would like to leave us with today Number one thing that I'm going to tell you is something that I learned in my own life. In order to really be what I call emotionally clean and cleansed regularly, may sound very simple. It's breathe. It may sound so simple. I was just doing an event yesterday and I noticed my clients sitting in the room like up to here and I'm like, okay, everybody put everything down. Let's breathe. Let's get conscious and present and breathe. And I think a lot of times the reason emotions run us and that we react versus respond is we're just not even breathing. Everything is coming from here. We're choking ourselves. Take minutes of your day, literally to stop, be present. I have reminders all over my home, my office, my car, my computers, literally just say, breathe. I stop, I get present, I breathe, and then it allows me to choose my own emotions, not the ones that are running me. Great advice. Having done yoga since I was 19 and taught it for so many years, I absolutely love that particular thing. So thank you, Terry Levine, for being my guest. Terry has written this wonderful new book about to break the path to true forgiveness. She has very special gifts for you if you go to about to break book. Dot com. It's in the show notes. Go and have a look at there. Read about Terry. And if you want to learn more about her work, go to heartrepreneur.com. I'm glad you were with us today. I hope you found great value and what Terry had to say and from our conversation. Please subscribe to the podcast so that you will know when there's a new edition waiting just for you. And in the meantime, breathe as Dr. Terry says and then treat yourself as though you matter because you really 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 do.